In scripture, we're told that all mankind descended from one woman named Eve. Interestingly, from DNA research, many secular scientists also believe we stem from one woman. They call her mitochondrial Eve. Stay tuned. It's quite feasible to show this, that we all came from one particular female. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. It's very clear in the book of Genesis that Eve was the first mother and that we are all descendants of her. Through DNA testing, conventional science also believes that we came from one woman they call mitochondrial Eve. How exactly did scientists come to this conclusion? And how does it possibly fit with their evolutionary worldview? Please join us for the next 15 minutes as we learn how scientists have used genetics to trace human ancestry back to one woman. We'll also hear about the latest mitochondrial DNA research and what effect it could have on the mitochondrial Eve discovery. To begin with, it's important to know what we're talking about when we say mitochondria. ICR biologist Dr. Gary Parker explains how they are the main producer of energy in all cells. The common name for a mitochondrion is the powerhouse of the cell. That's the part of the living cell where most of the energy is harvested. And it's a high-powered machine itself, and it has its own DNA. It does depend upon and is controlled by the DNA in the cell's nucleus, the master control center. But it has a loop of DNA uh, for mass-producing enzymes it needs to continuously produce energy force moment by moment. So without the mitochondria, the cell could not produce enough energy, and we would die. Many scientists believe that this energy factory is passed on to us solely from our mother's DNA line. ICR molecular biologist Dr. Dan Criswell explains that this is the reason scientists could trace the mitochondrial DNA back to one woman. The term mitochondrial Eve was coined by a group of researchers who published a paper in 1987 in Nature magazine. They... Uh, took the DNA that's in mitochondria. Mitochondria has a little bit of DNA, about 16,500 base pairs of DNA. And they looked at the differences in those sequences between different population groups. And they compared the sequence of the mitochondrial DNA. And based on those differences within those groups, they determined that the African population was probably the oldest population of humans because their differences within the African population were greater than those of the other populations. So having more sequence difference within the population would indicate that that population had more time to have mutations occur or changes in the DNA occur than the other populations. So it must be the oldest group that they studied. ICR Senior Vice President Dr. Dwayne Gish. They have determined the mitochondrial DNA of women all around the world and they believe that it led back to a single woman. All humans then have been derived from this one maternal line, this one woman. They call her the mitochondrial Eve. Now, using this calculated rate of mutations, they believed that this 
mitochondrial Eve existed 100,000 to 200,000 years ago. Although creation scientists would agree that we all came from one woman named Eve, they don't agree with the assumed age of mitochondrial Eve. Dr. Parker. Evolutionists always get the timing wrong. And so when you try to guess when that one woman first appeared on Earth, you have to make some guesses about how rapidly these changes occur in DNA. And so they're not really looking at measured mutation rates. They're not really looking at measurable changes in DNA. They're trying to guess how often these would occur over what they think uh, were millions or at least hundreds of thousands of years of time in man's ancestry. However, once the human DNA mutation rate was determined, it was as if mitochondrial Eve had found the fountain of youth. Dr. Gish explains. Since this work, however, they have now actually determined the mutation rate. Many have done this, and their work agrees. They have actually determined the mutation rate, and it's much faster than they had calculated Using this new mutation rate, which has actually been calculated, according to all their assumptions, the age of this mitochondrial Eve is only 6,000 years. Well, of course, that would agree with what our assumption would be. But, of course, oh, say they, of course, that's not true. It just can't be true, you see. Now, that's what their science has indicated, using all their assumptions, and it's 6,000 years. Even though evolutionists may deny the 6,000-year age for mitochondrial Eve, how do they get around the fact that their own genetic research points to one woman as the starting place for our ancestry? Dr. Criswell. They wouldn't say that we came from one woman. Here's a fly in the ointment of the whole thing. They're going to say there were lots of women alive at the time of mitochondrial Eve. And what happened is we received our mitochondria from this particular individual. And so what they've done is shown that the mitochondria in the people today is a uh, descendant of a mitochondria that was in a particular woman, according to them, 200,000 years ago. They would say there were other females around, but... All of the people alive today are descendants of that one particular woman's mitochondria. It's fascinating to think that mitochondria can be traced through its maternal line. However, new DNA research could change the way science thinks about mitochondria. New studies indicate that some people may be carrying mitochondrial DNA from both mother and father. Dr. Criswell says this would happen at conception. A misconception is that the sperm penetrates the egg and delivers the nucleus, but not any other part of the sperm cell. And that's not true. It carries with it the tail portion, which has mitochondria on it. Now, typically, the uh, egg cell, the fertilized egg cell, is going to recognize that tail portion in the mitochondria. And the cell machinery that's responsible for destroying foreign particles in the cell is going to destroy most of that mitochondria. So that's typically what would take place. However, recently it's been observed that animals, yeast, and even man now, have been shown to have mixed populations of mitochondria. In other words, you've got some mitochondria from the mother 
And occasionally there will be a mitochondria that shows up that's paternal from the dad. Not only could there be mixed population of mitochondria, but the two could combine, creating a third type of mitochondria in the organism. In animals, it's been estimated that it could possibly be about 1 in 10,000 of the mitochondria are paternal. Then uh, to complicate things further, the DNA that are in these different mitochondria have been shown to actually recombine. In other words, you'll get some of the DNA from the paternal mitochondria that will combine with DNA of the maternal mitochondria from the mother. So you get these recombination events. And when you do that, what you've done now is introduced some variation within the sequences of that DNA in the mitochondria. And this recombination could give the appearance of rapid mutation in the mitochondria. This very likely is what is responsible for what has been termed as a fast mutation rate in mitochondria. It may actually be due to recombination from paternal DNA from dad with maternal DNA from mom. And this might actually provide the, uh, the variation that's seen in, in the mitochondria. Dr. Criswell gives us an example of the appearance of a mitochondrial mutation. Let's say you have a daughter who has acquired a little bit of her dad's paternal mitochondria. Her mitochondria sequences won't exactly match her mother's. And so it appears as if there's been a mutational event that's taken place from the mom to the daughter. There hasn't been a mutation event because paternal mitochondria may have, and emphasis on the may have, recombined with the maternal DNA in the mother's mitochondria. If paternal mitochondria do exist and recombine with maternal mitochondria, how would this recombination affect the mitochondrial EVE model? If DNA recombination is taking place in the mitochondria, and if you are able to acquire paternal DNA, mitochondrial DNA, then that would affect what we would perceive to be the mutation rates in mitochondria. And if it's sufficient enough, it may just throw the way that scientists would date mitochondrial Eve right out the window. And Dr. Criswell says no matter what date or dating method conventional scientists may use, our trust is still in the Word of God. The important thing to remember is that, you know, the Bible says that in Genesis chapter 3 that Adam called his wife Eve because she was to become the mother of all the living. And what we're seeing from looking at DNA sequences in mitochondria is that scientifically it's quite feasible to show this, that we all came from one particular female. And that's the important part of what has happened with mitochondrial Eve. Research into mitochondrial DNA continues, and as of yet, there isn't enough evidence to show that the presence of paternal mitochondrial DNA is not just a rare event. It's important to note that scientific evidence and the Bible still point to one original set of parents. Dr. Parker explains. Perhaps the most significant thing about tracing all human beings back to just one mother and ultimately to just one father, the major significance of that is really more spiritual than it is scientific. Everybody, everybody you'll ever run into, everybody you've ever seen. 
we are all brothers and sisters descended from one common set of parents. There's only one race, the human race. We're all parts of it. That's what Paul preached in Mars Hill, Acts 17.26. And that's what science has discovered is the brotherhood of man and ultimately the fatherhood of God. We find when we trace it back to just one set of parents, that's something evolution would not predict or expect or be able to really explain. That one set of parents brings us right back to the truth that we're created with plan and purpose, not evolved by time, chance, struggle, and death. We have a special purpose that resides in God and that continues not only in this life, but as we accept the love of Jesus into the life to come. Praise God that His evidence encourages us to take Him at His every word, His word written, and His word living in the Lord Jesus. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.